Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm joined at 191st in LaGrange and Mokina by Eric Scheidler, the executive director of the Pro-Life Action League during the organization's Face the Truth Tour. Eric and volunteers have been lining Chicago area streets holding signs with photographs of aborted babies. Eric, how would you describe the reaction to these photographs since the fall of Roe versus Wade a year ago? Have you noticed a difference? If there's been any difference in the public response to these images, it's not quite what we expected. We expected to see you know, more hostility and anger, and we've had some incidents. I mean, this year I had coffee thrown on me by a motorist I was chatting with, trying to talk to while handing out literature in Lincolnwood. One of my staff members had her phone grabbed by a deranged old woman and smashed onto the ground. So we've seen some of that. But what I've found more notable is a kind of a, a lack of curiosity, sadly. I mean, it seems more difficult to get people to take a piece of literature from you. It's like there's less curiosity. I don't know if this has to do directly with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. I think maybe it's more a fact that post-pandemic, post-Trump, I think there's a feeling of people are so polarized, they're so deep down inside their bubble, that they're not even curious to find out what other people are doing. And that's, that's troubling. The fact that people aren't even curious to see what somebody on the other side says. You'd think after this incredibly historic moment, when the pro-life movement achieved a 50-year historic victory, overturning Roe v. Wade, that people would want to know. They'd be more curious than ever. Why do pro-life people do what they do? Why do they believe what they believe? What are they up to here? And yet, a lack of curiosity. So this troubles me as an American, as much as a, a pro-life activist, that people don't want to engage with their fellow citizens. How do you overcome that apathy? My team and I have been kind of brainstorming ideas to, to kind of guilt people a little bit, you know, in a gentle way, you know, don't you want to know? Aren't you curious to find out what we think? You know, open your eyes, be willing to think, listen, disagree if you want to, but let's have a disagreement instead of just walking past each other. Well, since the fall of Roe versus Wade, Planned Parenthood, you've seen a record number of women traveling to Illinois for abortions. Of course, our legislature and our governor embrace abortion here. How do Christians respond to that? How can they peacefully and actively respond to that? Well, I would ask people uh, if this is something that you care about, if you're discouraged or even outraged to see Illinois become the abortion capital of the entire country, surrounded as we are by much more pro-life states, if you're uncomfortable with that, if you're disgusted with that, you need to take action. Now that action could be coming out to join us in the public square. The people of Illinois need to see more than ever before the reality of what abortion does to these children. They need to have their hearts broken for these children to see these pictures. We invite them through the pictures that we show to care about these kids and to care about their mothers too because that's the part of the story no one hears. Behind these abortions are broken hearts. We see the broken bodies of these children. We can't so easily see the broken hearts of their mothers. 
New research from the Charlotte Lozier Institute shows that more than half of women seeking abortions, that includes women in Illinois, don't want them. They're only getting the abortion out of desperation. Maybe the boyfriend or husband is pushing them. Maybe their boss is threatening them. Maybe their parents are threatening to kick her out of the house, which is, by the way, illegal if you're a minor. But for whatever reason, women are feeling pressured by circumstance, by other people. They know that abortion's wrong. They know that they're going to have to live with the sorrow of abortion, but they do it anyway out of desperation. We have to share that story with our fellow Illinoisans. That's the story we need to be telling. J.B. Pritzker, billionaire J.B. Pritzker, is telling poor women in Illinois, you need abortions. If you're disadvantaged in Illinois, our response isn't to provide you with good health care, fair housing, job opportunities, hold the father responsible for that child, none of that. No, we offer abortion to disadvantaged women in the state of Illinois. So making a gift to a crisis pregnancy center, a, pr a pregnancy care center that offers help to these women, making a gift to the Pro-Life Action League so we can put billboards up appealing to women as they enter our state, which we've just put our first one up, coming out to the, to the big rallies and events, celebrating Roe v. Wade for America, but denouncing the extremist abortion policy of Illinois and calling on our state to turn around. So it's a bad situation, but we should not feel powerless. Between our charitable opportunities to, to give, between our activist opportunities and our opportunity to share the message with our friends and neighbors, we have a tremendous field of evangelization here in our state. But in this day and age, our legislature, our governor, is essentially telling women, the best we can do for you is abortion. Now they are taking steps that could conceivably shut down pro-life pregnancy care centers through State Senate Bill 1909. It just doesn't make sense. SB 1909 is explicitly designed to stop pro-life pregnancy centers from helping moms so that the only place they have to go is the abortionist. We're going to fight this though. SB 1909, the so-called deceptive practices of limited service pregnancy centers. Let's look at that name for a minute. Deceptive practices. They cannot point to one single example of a complaint. We demanded that they show us the documents, show us the complaints of pro-life pregnancy center people lying to clients about anything. They call them limited service pregnancy centers. Look at Planned Parenthood. What services does Planned Parenthood offer? Do they offer prenatal care at most of their facilities? No. Do they offer obstetrical care? No. Do they offer pediatric care for moms with kids? No. Do they offer basic health care? They don't cover any of that. They cover hormone treatments for sex change. They cover some STD screening, a pittance of STD screening, less than 1% of the STD screening in America is done by Planned Parenthood, the supposedly indispensable healthcare organization. So long story short, Planned Parenthood is extremely limited in what they provide. And many of these pregnancy care centers, especially the ones that have doctors and nurses on staff, in fact offer more services than Planned Parenthood. So the name of the bill itself is a lie. The name of the bill itself is deceptive, ironically enough. The preamble of the bill claims that abortion is 14 times safer than pregnancy. That is patently false. Some of the worst research ever done in the history of social science easily debunked and yet false information is right there in the bill that is supposed to be protecting Illinoisans from false information. This bill is a complete travesty from top to bottom but we're gonna fight it and we're going to defeat it because it is 
baldly unconstitutional, it's un-American, an attack on the spirit of Abraham Lincoln, the great president who freed the slaves. And here we are in Illinois today with a new kind of slavery, pushing poor women into the slavery of abortion and the shame and regret that comes from it. You say you're going to fight it, but a, a legal fight, if you win, could take months, even years. So in the interim, Christians have to come alongside these pregnancy care centers and do what they can to help them out. It could be months or years that we have to live under this unconstitutional measure before we win justice in court, if we ever do. As confident as I feel and as optimistic as we may be, we have to be prepared for that day. These pregnancy centers are going to need our help. They're going to need gifts to keep going. They're going to need volunteers to help women. And they need our prayers. So I'd really encourage everybody to be praying daily for the pregnancy care centers, for the moms that they're serving, for those out-of-state women taking pregnancy tests right now and wondering, should I travel over to Illinois and get an abortion? We need prayer, prayer, prayer for all these areas. And you know what? We even need to pray for J.B. Pritzker. Please pray for J.B. Pritzker. It's hard to do, I can affirm, because he is so aggressively embracing abortion and turning Illinois into a state of blood and death. He needs our prayers all the same. God can reach him. He can see J.B. Pritzker's soul clearly. All right. This is Illinois Family Spotlight. We want to continue our conversation with Eric Scheidler from the Pro-Life Action League. We're speaking during the Face the Truth Tour here at 191st and LaGrange in Mokina. We'll be back after this. It's a big evening you don't want to miss. The Illinois Family Institute's Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet with best-selling author and nationally syndicated radio host Eric Metaxas. Friday, November 3rd at the Bolingbrook Golf Club. To attend, click events at IllinoisFamily.org. We're talking about religious freedom being constricted by the state. Will the church wake up and say, this is wrong? Eric Metaxas is the author of Bonhoeffer, Amazing Grace, and his latest book, Letter to the American Church, is a wake-up call for Christians to speak out and protect religious liberty. If you will speak up, things will change if we would but try. Eric Metaxas and the IFI Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet, Friday, November 3rd at the Bolingbrook Golf Club. To attend, click events at IllinoisFamily.org, IllinoisFamily.org. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. I'm Monty Larrick. I'm joined by Eric Scheidler with the Chicago-based Pro-Life Action League. We're speaking to you from the Pro-Life Action League's annual Face the Truth Tour, this location at 191st and LaGrange in Mokina. And beyond the Face the Truth Tour, there's a lot of ways that our listeners could come alongside the Pro-Life Action League. Well, the Pro-Life Action League is dedicated to bringing the issue of abortion into the public square. One of the things we do is to protest whenever Planned Parenthood or Personal PAC or the ACLU or National Abortion Federation or any of these groups holds events. We go out and protest them. We show the reality of what's happening. We shame and embarrass the, the guests who are arriving, showing the victims of abortion. Visit ProLifeAction.org to sign up for email messages so you can find out about when we have our protest plan put together. We go out to Planned Parenthood's fundraisers when they hold them, wherever they might be. We are out there showing the reality of abortion with our victim photos regularly. We're passing out information about Planned Parenthood and their role 
as the nation's number one abortion provider. There is so much misunderstanding about Planned Parenthood. People still think, after all of this, that Planned Parenthood is mostly providing legitimate health care with a tiny bit of abortion on the side. In fact, abortion is their number one source of clinic income. They are the number one abortion provider. They perform 42% of the abortions that take place in America. That makes them one of the most successful market shareholders of any industry whatsoever. Planned Parenthood has really cornered the market on abortion. So the more that we can share the truth about Planned Parenthood, the more that Americans in general turn against abortion. Well, left unchecked by government and Christians, just how big could the abortion business become in Illinois? They're going to be building a big a mega abortion center in downstate Carbondale. The last time the Illinois Department of Public Health released data, out-of-state abortions had increased year on year in 2020 by 29%. Just one year, abortions increased 29%. Now that's before Roe v. Wade was overturned and before the repeal of our Parental Notice of Abortion Act. I'm sure we will be stunned by the f figures when they finally come out to see what's happened in 2021 and in 2022. I would expect to see continued increase in out-of-state abortions. Eventually, it takes time, but eventually we will start to hear the stories behind those statistics. We'll start to hear the stories of the junior high girls whose coach has been sexually abusing them and has brought them to Illinois for abortions. We're going to hear about the pimps in Missouri who are bringing limousines full of their the women that they're exploiting to Illinois for abortions. When we start to hear the stories of the girls who got a botched abortion, went back home to Wisconsin and died from the abortion their parents never knew about because the perpetrator was trying to get around the parental involvement laws that surrounding states have in force. Once we start to hear these horror stories, maybe then the people of Illinois will see what they've done, because they have done it. The people of Illinois are responsible for this. I've been tough on J.B. Pritzker and the General Assembly, and they deserve every harsh thing we have to say about what they've done to our state. But the citizens of Illinois have tolerated it. They knew in the last election where J.B. stood on abortion. They knew what a new Democrat-controlled General Assembly would mean for the unborn child. And they turned their backs on those children. Illinois voters are responsible for the bloodbath that's taking place here. They're also responsible for the criminality, the sexual exploitation, the illegal abortions, that are being sought for minor girls and the crimes behind those abortions. They're responsible for all of it. Maybe someday they'll see that when the st horror stories get told of exploitation and even death, and maybe then they'll turn around. We have to patiently continue to minister to pregnant women in this state, share the truth with our fellow citizens, fight JB and the General Assembly in court and in the polling places, waiting for that day when we have mounted enough evidence to turn things around, but we're not going to sit still and wait. We're going to keep fighting on every front that we can. But is it becoming more difficult to minister to women? You have photographs of aborted babies, but now we have to deal with so-called medication abortions. I know uh, Pro-Life actually joining with other life organizations to boycott some major pharmacies that are selling abortion drugs. Beyond that, what can we do in response to these medication abortions? Right now, more than half of all abortions are performed by the abortion pill. It's about 
that means that women are actually completing their abortions outside of hospitals and abortion facilities and doctor's offices. The abortion is happening at home. Women are being left with a tiny, tiny little corpse and they don't know what to do with it. That is just one of the pieces of information the Pro-Life Action League is providing on a new flyer we call the abortion pill, What You Need to Know. If you go to prolifeaction.org and go to our online store, click on the button there, you can order copies of that. We talk about how the abortion pill works, and yet it's being touted as the simple, easy solution for women. I cannot overstate how big of a problem the abortion pill is. What actually happens is that an unborn child is killed chemically, flushed out of the body chemically, and sometimes even unsuccessfully, and then the woman goes for a surgical abortion afterward. We need to be spreading the word. Okay, so you go to ProLifeActionLeague.org. ProLifeActionLeague.org, and you can get yourself. Click on the store button and order 100 pack of these flyers, and you can pass them out at church, hand them out to your friends and neighbors. Go out into the street, pass them out, share the truth. There are those who would argue that the fall of Roe versus Wade has actually been bad for the pro-life movement because it helped pro-abortion Democrats, especially in the midterm elections. And now we have Michigan with a pro-abortion constitutional amendment. What's your take on that? Well, there's no denying that the pro-life movement has suffered some major hits since Roe v. Wade was overturned. The backlash was much more than any of us really anticipated, I think, particularly politically. I didn't think that the issue would have this, the impact that it ended up having on the 2022 elections, particularly in the referenda in different states, you know, Montana, Kansas, Michigan. It's been really very disturbing to see. And maybe there's another universe in which a different ruling came down. Maybe John Roberts convinced Neil Gorsuch to go along with him and simply uphold the 15-week ban in Mississippi and invite states to go farther in a more kind of a drip, drip kind of an approach. We don't live in that universe, so we can't really say what it would be like. But we have to deal with the reality that we have here. Let's remember that so many states have actually put into place measures to protect unborn children from abortion. Over a dozen states now have significant abortion bans. We expect to see even more of these go into force. I mean, this really great ban in Indiana that has been held up in court. I mean, all over the country, these bans are held up in court. South Carolina, that can't last forever. Children's lives are being saved. Now, when abortion stops in a state, that doesn't mean that abortion ends in that state. Abortion continues in two ways. Number one, through the abortion pill, often black market being brought in illegally, all kinds of different ways. You can order them from India. The other way is by traveling to other states. So we know that Texas has had abortion banned for longer than any other state, or close to being banned, and they had a six-week ban even before Dobbs was, was handed down. And they've seen abortion go down, but a lot of women have gone to New Mexico, Louisiana, other states. So it's very hard to assess, especially only one year after. I think we really need to wait and see how things look in five years' time, when we can look at those blue states like Illinois that have pushed so hard against you know, any notion that the unborn child has any value whatsoever, be able to compare them to a state like Florida, which in the past has had a very high abortion rate. So will Florida, with their new six-week ban, will they see a change in family outcomes and, and the welfare of the people. Let's compare and contrast these states. Let's let the social scientists take a close look. Then maybe we'll have a better idea of whether Roe v. Wade being overturned was ultimately you know, a good or a bad thing for the pro-life movement. I gotta believe that it's ultimately a good thing because we're finally able to protect these children in some states. Even if we've taken a, a political hit, I hope that's temporary. The pro-life movement is nothing if not resilient. We've been around for 50 years fighting the good fight. 
through thick and thin, through administration after administration, through so many cultural changes, we're still here and we're going to still be here for the long haul. So it's really only a question of how long it takes, not whether we're able to do it. Well, beyond the speeches and the rallies marking the anniversary of the fall of Roe versus Wade, we have to look forward and we have to look forward to the 2024 election as well. There's a lot of concern that pro-life candidates just don't get the message right. What are your thoughts? Well, I'm particularly encouraged by the way that some of our declared candidates talk about the abortion issue. If we talk about common sense limits everyone agrees with, like letting parents know when their minor daughter gets an abortion, relieving taxpayers from having to fund abortions that they find morally reprehensible, limits on late-term abortion. If we were to limit abortion at, say, 15 weeks at the national level, the vast majority of Americans would be in favor of that because abortion after 15 weeks turns people's stomachs. It should always turn our stomach to think of a child being pulverized by an abortionist in any procedure at all, but those later-term procedures are grisly. So it's been sad to see Republicans unwilling to talk about the issue. I don't think we would have been hurt as badly by the abortion issue in 22 if Republican candidates had been more courageous and had been wiser and had listened to what the pro-life movement has to say. They don't listen to us too often. So we have a task on our hands to convincing these candidates to face the issue instead of run from it, to realize it's a winning issue if only they talk about it in a common sense way, they don't run from the issue. And we have to push them as their supporters. If you're writing a donation to a pro-life candidate, say, I expect you to talk about the abortion issue. If you meet them on the stump, say, I want you to talk about abortion. And if I don't hear you talking about abortion, I'm not going to be putting a yard sign up or whatever it might be. Sure. We have to really demand that they care about this issue and speak wisely about it. But we're always working towards that day when we can protect and welcome and provide for every unborn child and his or her mom and dad. All right, Eric, Pro-Life Action League, how can folks get connected? Visit us at prolifeaction.org. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash prolifeaction, and on other social media, at prolifeaction. Join us. Join us out on the front lines. We'd be happy to have another work co-worker out on the front lines of the uh, battle to save unborn babies from abortion. All right, Eric Scheidler with the Chicago-based Pro-Life Action League. Do support this strong life organization. Please support the work of Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. Remember our Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet November 3rd at the Bolingbrook Golf Club with Eric Metaxas. If you'd like more information, go to IllinoisFamily.org, click events, tell your family and friends about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, stay healthy, stay active, and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit IFIAction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.